Welcome back to the Retro Nomopod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. As always, I am a host. God damn. I'm going to I'm going to do it one of these days. I'm going to pre-write it out. My name is Toby and I'm one half of this beautiful show we call the Retro Namacon podcast. As always on the other half of this internet space of low megabyte upload speeds, I have my beautiful red-headed friend Rick with me today. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. We're coming at you uh live currently, live. not so currently in the future. Uh yeah, you know, we're just um, another episode. Here we go. It's going to be ex- an exciting one. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we should go ahead and one minute into this show, tell you that there are going to be major spoilers to a recently oh. released movie uh, that we're going to just all over. So, and I don't mean that isn't like we're going to shit all over it, but we're just going to spoil the hell out of it. So, uh yeah there's that yeah i just want to go ahead and do that because we're not going to follow the two requel to two week week rule rule. that's a fun one who wolves two (laughs) weeks anyways (laughs) (laughs) let's kick this thing off the way we always do with the weird question of the week which was what's your kung fu called Mm. i mean my kung fu has to start off with like drunken, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah, it yeah. has to. So now the real question is like, what kind of animal best portrays me? Wow. You know. So, okay. This okay. is the real question. Tip mouse. Ooh. <laughs> That's the drunken drunken tip drunken mouse. Tip mouse kung fu. Hmm. <laughs> That's. That's going to be tough to beat. (laughs) Right out out of the gate. Drunken gardener snake. Because, like, I can get kind of big, but I'm, like, so fucking harmless. And I'm probably drunk. So, yeah, there's that. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm going to get you. (laughs) I'm just going to slightly hug you. Not too hard. Yeah, it's just like, I'm gonna bite you, but it's gonna be with like gummies, not teeth. You know, like ah. Yeah, I don't know. Like Titmouse is pretty good, and like I was thinking more of like uh, I always want to call them fucking chupacabras, but what are the stupid hooved ant eater without the nose looking things? Aki hop? No, that's the Damn. Japanese thing. Cabra? No, that's the dance. Kaba, Kaba something. Kabacha. Oh, Kappa, Capybara. Capybara. Cap- yeah, thank you. Capybara, like the big rodent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm a drunken capybara. <laughs> that's yeah. That's like more of my my speed. You know, like I'm a big, fat, yeah. non-aggressive, brown-haired, lovable monster. You could run somebody over if you really, you know, if you got going and be like, oh. Sorry. Yeah, like if my momentum and my drunkenness carried me forward, it would turn into a sumo match like real fast. <laughs> Thus, my drunken capybara kung fu. You know, <laughs> I might throw punches. Yeah. I might eat shit. 
It's up to you to decide what happens. You, <laughs> <laughs> you might get bit. Things get weird in a fight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there ain't no rules in a street fight. <laughs> How do we both end up naked in this fight? It's weird. <laughs> Am I in the Brazzers bus? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the bank bus, isn't it? <laughs> I thought this was karate practice. <laughs> well, I guess we're here, so. <laughs> I mean, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, right? That, I mean. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, what's your kung fu called? Because we just went through all the dumbass animals that I could be. <laughs> I don't know, man. That that was too good. Like, like I'm thinking like a whirling dervish because I like to wear kilt, so it's got to be something with. I like, don't know. I'm pretty sure you, you just know, made up a mythological creature. Like, the I'm whirling. Pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, the whirling dervish. That's a fighting style where they spin a lot. It sounds like swords. it sounds as fake as the Tasmanian devil. The difference is the Tasmanian devil is <laughs> yeah. like an actual real thing. We're just used to him yeah, being yeah, yeah. Taz. He even spins like that yeah. in real life. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Dude. No. Yes. They I like don't. chase their tail in a way that like. They yeah. create a little dirt devil around Pretty them much, and then yeah. they chase, chase, chase wabbits. Yeah. That well, they hunt wabbits. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. My kung fu is called the caber toss. Let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know what that means, and I don't know if I want to dive into this situation anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those who know will know. <clears throat> so, um, so it looks like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I uh, I randomly bought some stuff. I mean, I sh- I should never say randomly bought some stuff because I seem to make a habit out of randomly buying some stuff. Uh, but I got up at you this weekend. I wanted to get out of the house. We kind of stayed in the house all weekend, which was, which was good. Um, but Sunday I wanted to get out of the house for a little bit and we have an antique store that's like four blocks away from the house, legitimately within walking distance. They never really have much like they're an antique store style antique store where if you want like a belt buckle for $90, they have it there, but I still go walk around. They got a lot of records and stuff. But for the first time in a while, oh my god, I about dropped it and broke it. For the first time in a while, uh, I found video games there. Actually, for the first time ever, oh. I found video games there. And not only video games, but NES games. So, speaking oh, of Kung Fu. Fu! How um, appropriate. I bought Kung Fu for the NES and Hogan's Alley. Um... Both Black Label games, which are like the original series games, neither of which I had. Uh, they they nice. both had eight bucks on them, which at this point in the way that the retro game prices are going, eight dollars is like a good price for an NES game. You know, it's um, they're becoming harder and harder to find, especially just out and about randomly. So. They're sure. both worth about eight bucks. So not like a crazy find or anything there, but it's cool to find them. And I couldn't just leave them at the antique store. I was like, some little asshole is going to buy these. I didn't own them yet. So we added them to the collection, uh, bought them both. Which, again, I posted, I think, it to my 
to the Instagram and the Facebook stories, if I'm not mistaken, a couple things that I ran across at that antique store. And I tell you what, Rick, if we knew more about Barbies, I'd be the proud owner <laughs> of a Barbie camper van. But because I don't know shit about Barbies, I left that camper van. Yeah, and you're probably okay. Yeah, I could have got it for cheaper on eBay. Once I got home, I like looked it up and everything, and they run about forty to fifty bucks in the box, complete. Um, mm. and the antique store booth wanted like sixty five for it, and it's like one of those unmanned things, like where a bunch of people own sections of the antique store, you know, but they they're not there, mm. so I can't be like, mm, I'll give you forty, you know. It's like this is the price, firm <laughs> Craigslist, no or best offer, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. I added a couple of NES games to the collection. Yeah. Not something I actively search for, but we'll take it. Two two cartridge based games that I didn't know found in the wild. Feels yeah. good. Been a long time. Been a long time since I found a cartridge game in the wild. <laughs> long time. I so, bet. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, and we kind of touched on it last week, is. The Call of Duty stuff finalized. And I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to explain like what the rest of it uh, happened, which was it's super interesting. And it's like really cool to see where games are headed and the way that they can do like live events as their lead up to new things. You know, Warzone's a free game. Anybody can play it. It's free to download, free to play. Uh but they they switched the Warzone maps, and it was cool. And I want to go through this real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But over the course of three days, they did, like, three live events to go from the old stuff to the new stuff. And the first thing that they dropped was the destruction of Verdansk. Verdansk is the map or whatever that you play on. So pretty much what happened is you, like, drop into a regular Warzone game, regular BR game. And if you die, you turn into a zombies. I explained it last week over the course of the last month or whatever. They've they brought zombies and stuff into the game to kind of make that switch. So if you die, you turn into zombies. Eventually, what happens is most of the lobby turns into zombies. If not all of the lobby turns into zombies. There is a chance for you to exfil on a helicopter if randomly you have survived the zombie onslaught, uh, which most people did not. Hmm. But you could get on a helicopter if you survived. Um, at that point, as you fly away from the helicopter, Verdansk is overrun by zombies, and a nuke comes in and blows the fucking map up. Um, it was pretty nice. pretty fucking epic. It was cool how they did it. That, that's pretty cool. So they blow the map up, which, boom, Verdansk is gone. Um, so part two comes up, and these are all, like, limited-time playlists. Some of them were up for three hours. Some of them were up for... 12 hours, um, but they were kind of quick as they, they switched through these things. Part two comes up and you go to Rebirth Island. Rebirth Island being a small map that they did like last year, maybe at some point, maybe a year ago. Uh, so you go to, to Rebirth Island and when you load in, it says 15 minutes after the destruction of Verdansk. So you like load into this map. They do it at night, which they've never done it at night. Oh wow! Um, and it's cool because you're like on this island. This island's like imagine Alcatraz. That's kind of what they're trying to be. Uh, but it was cool because you like load in at night. And they never had it at night. 
So it was fun to play it at night. And then like in the foreground, you could see the like mushroom cloud from where like the nuke had just went off. <laughs> just kind of an epic ass thing to like show. And so this was yeah. 15 minutes after Verdansk. <clears throat> so the following day is when we're supposed to get the, the new release map. So destruction of Verdansk went live on Tuesday. We spent all of Wednesday doing bullshit on Rebirth Island. And then so Thursday comes around. They're supposed to release. We're supposed to get our new map. And you load in and it's uh, destruction of Verdansk part three. So you're like, okay, like, let's fucking go. We're going to the new map. So you load in. It sends you back to Rebirth Island. It's like, fuck. Like, why? Right back to nighttime. Um, (laughs) But with a catch, because now this says when you load in, it says 10 minutes before the destruction of Verdansk. Like, okay. So something's changing. All right. You get in. There's no mushroom cloud. There's no nothing. So you load in. And this little thing pops up in the middle of your screen that shows like a zombie face and a percentage ticking up from 70. So percentage is moving up. And so what happens is this ticks up to 100%. And you get this little thing that shows uh, grab the cartel. And so on this little map, there's a thing that pops up. And what comes after is pretty much like a hardcore game of capture the flag. So this shipment oh. comes in, your team has to grab it, then you run around with it, and it has a percentage marker that counts up. And when it gets to 100, whatever team is holding it has the option to deploy a nuke. So you capture the flag. Oh. Once it gets to 100, <laughs> you deploy the nuke, and you are the one that blows up Verdansk. So at That's the awesome. end... Who, whatever team holds it and pulls the trigger, it shows uh, Destructors of Verdansk or whatever, and that's how you win the game. <laughs> so it's like, cool, you're the one that gets to set off the nuke. Cool concept because it's like, oh, I'm fucking yeah. going to do it. I'm going to destroy. So <laughs> the game cool. ends, you you know, set off the nuke, and it goes straight into a cutscene where it like shows a picture of Verdansk 2021, and then the globe spins real fast. And then it says 1984. And then immediately you drop into the new map. Um, The game never ends. You just immediately drop into the new map. And they went and did Verdansk 1984. This is kind of how they integrated it with Black Ops. Black Ops based in the 80s. So it's pretty much a 40 year prior to the map that we were playing. So they've changed some stuff on there. There's like it's pretty much the same exact map like 80 percent of the map is pretty much exactly the same it's greener it's not as gray which is cool and they changed some stuff like stadium in the the old map is fully built it's like a fucking super stadium and then the new map it's like a dirt track stadium so it's like eight bleachers instead of being three floors or whatever you know so they did some cool stuff but it finally cumulated whatever that word is uh, to the new stuff, which, you know, personally, look, I'm not a, I'm a big Call of Duty fan. I think the way that they did it was fucking cool. I mean, yeah. for a free game, a game that has no story, they they did a pretty cool transition to, like, give it that new, like, exciting feel. Like, I was excited yeah. the nights leading up to the new stuff, so. But, yeah, 
that's Damn, that sound that sounds cool I, i'm kind of bummed that i missed out you know it, there's a little bit of fomo going on right now yeah not gonna it, lie to you it was that epic. sounds really cool it was epic um that yeah. being said we're we're right back to the same war zone shenanigans that we were in the old map everyone already knows the map so now it's just figuring out new guns but gotcha. like i said Super cool how they did it. You know, whether you're a fan of Call of Duty or not, or you're a fan of what they did, personally, I really think it was cool. It was a really cool way to get people excited to change the season, change some new stuff. And it felt like a new game release for something that is a free, ongoing game as service. You know? Yeah, they could just keep feeding you the same stuff and be like, it's one of the best out there. So keep enjoying it. But instead, they're like, hey, you know, we're switching companies. It's still the same thing, but it's kind of not. It's, that That's fun, man. Yeah. I Like I said, I thought it was cool. It kept me interested. We'll see how long I play COD after this. I'm getting real interested in some other Battle Royales lately, too, which is scary. So we'll see where that yeah. heads. But with all that being said, you got to do something that you love to do this weekend. And I heard oh it was a little God. interesting. I got it. It was fantastic. So for Tiff's birthday, we rented out a private theater, which was only like a hundred bucks, which is surprising. So we had up to 20 guests that we could invite. We had about 10, 11 show up. I think maybe that sounds about right. I don't know, but that's besides the point. We went and saw the bodyguard from the nineties and all this stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And one of the highlights of it is that the fact that it's all of our friends, we were basically able to, just commentary and make jokes and you know all the things that you 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 love doing at home but actually in a big theater setting which i've never been able to do before without being like shh keep it down and or me being the guy doing it so it, it was kind of an interesting experience you know so i couple questions first of all it sounds fucking awesome to be able yeah. to sit in the theater with your closest friends and have some like mst3k stuff go on just you know that sounds amazing. Yeah. When you went, you watched The Bodyguard, right? 1992, yep. I think. Give or take, you said yeah. something like that. Um, was there a list of movies you got to choose from? Or is that a oh, movie yeah. that you were like, hey, do you have this? And they were like, sure do. Yeah, it's basically a long list of like, I mean, the newer movies say if you wanted to see Mortal Kombat, you could do a private theater, but that would cost you 300 bucks. So if you want a newer movie, you're going to pay a little more for it, which kind of makes sense. But like, if you want to go see something that's a little retro, like, I don't know, Jurassic Park or something, you could do that for like a hundred bucks, bring 20 of your closest friends, including yourself. And yeah, so it's a pretty good list. Like there's kind of enough where it's like, you'll find something within it. And that's kind of what we did with Tiff. We kind of ratted, ratted off the, the list. She's like bodyguard. And I was like, that's great. Cause I hadn't seen that movie before. So it all works out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, the whole concept of that sounds amazing, especially yeah. to go like watch something like Jurassic Park. And I, I think we we might have talked about it on the podcast or I maybe saw it around Halloween, but they were doing it. They like first released being able to do this right around Halloween. Yeah. And one of the movies that they had on the list was Hocus Pocus. Oh, and like to to be in October in 2020, you know, or this year, 2021. And be able to like grab 20 of your closest friends, sneak in a flask of whiskey and go watch Hocus Pocus <laughs> in theaters. That sounds like an 
epic ass Halloween adventure. Yeah, like I would be tempted to throw a party that way and be like, everybody has to dress up. Let's do yeah. this right. And let's have a great old time as we watch this classic uh, uh, horror movie, depending on what, what you watch during that time. Like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds badass. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I didn't get to go to that movie this weekend, which sucked. It's, um, I mean, it was all last minute for a lot of folks. And, well, you know. it's just fucking, you know, I get to pass up fun stuff to feed my depression, you know, <laughs> of searching for homes. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it's been it's been an interesting ride so far in Colorado. I feel like the number I'm approved for, I'm rich. And then when we go look at these homes, I'm not rich at all. Yeah, you know? at all. It's such a, a, a gut buster because like, I think I'm making decent money. Like I feel like yeah. I'm doing better than, than most. And then you like realize not by real estate standards. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, this isn't the podcast because we're not going to talk about nostalgia and home yes. prices. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But my, my, my mom loves to say what she bought our original house for and it's like just don't just don't do that <laughs> look i'm gonna bring it up okay because we have we have friends of the family they're they're it's super hard to say they would technically be my step great grandparents uh-huh. uh live not too far from me right over here off of 17th and claremont and for anybody familiar with the denver area south park hill is a very nice neighborhood there's a lot of very nice homes yeah. they live on the green belt um, and Tom bought his house in 1961 for $19,000. Okay. Oh. Six years ago, they had the Jeez. house appraised and he owns the house, the lot and a half lot behind him that he has a two car garage on. And six years ago. So before this housing rush that we've had his home and lot appraised for upwards of like 1.1 million holy and you know he's on the house for 60 fucking years and bought it for 19k he's gonna sell it you know for seven figures like i just you know i'm trying to buy a four hundred thousand dollar (laughs) house it's so unfair here's the shack for you know 300k you're like i guess that's all i could afford oh well Say la vie. Yeah, we're we're getting to California style prices around here. So yeah. Um. Anyways, before I just slip my wrist talking about home prices, fun things, right? The 2021 World Video Game Hall of Fame came out. This was something that you had brought up to me, and it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. So the World Video Game Hall of Fame does new finalists, just like any other Hall of Fame, every year. Um, and these were released, uh, not that long ago, um, not a couple really. weeks ago, uh, but the, the voting in the inductees will be announced, uh, May 6th. So coming up here in just a couple mm. weeks. And I just wanted to go over a few of these real fast. Well, I mean, we'll go over all of them, I guess. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve 10, 11, 12 of them. Um, because you guys just love hear, hearing me count out loud. Um, and these, the way that they like judge these games is not necessarily by how many they sold, 
but more like their impact in the space in the video game space um so keep that in mind because a couple of them are kind of weird um and i'm just going to read them straight down the list in no particular order in the order that they have them up uh first one being animal crossing you know if there's one thing that they did amazingly well they're you know they're (laughs) the animal crossing's new horizon was released at such an opportune time this year that there there wouldn't have been a better game to release at the beginning of a fucking global pandemic. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, it broke the record for the most <laughs> digital downloads of a console game in a single month at 31 million downloads in one month. That's just digital copies downloaded. That's not physical sales. That's, that's not total sales. That's in 30 days. They had 31. That's a, over a million people a day downloading fucking animal crossing okay um this one of course incorporates everything again animal crossing should probably be in the hall of fame i'm not a huge fan but i have someone in my house that has played 500 hours of that game so it's got to be doing something right i don't even have 500 hours in a lot of these games (laughs) (laughs) um next on the list call of duty and i they have it in there as the original call of duty uh, I imagine that it's getting put into the Hall of Fame as like a franchise. I don't think they would do like Call yeah, of Duty yeah, yeah. and then like Modern Warfare 2, you know, because that was really yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty, of course. I mean, I just talked about Call of Duty at the beginning of the show. So one of the <laughs> weird ones that got me is Farmville. Fucking Farmville. Tiff was all about this game Farmville. when it was released through, through like, I think she played it through Facebook. No, she got a lot of friends through Facebook because they, you, they could come on and co-op with you and they would yeah. do things. You could do this. But like, I would not think a game for 2009 would be in a list for a hall of fame, but here it is. You know, I personally, <laughs> I didn't play it. It was a Zynga game. I've played a lot of games on Zynga. Um, this game got big because of the Facebook integration and how easy yeah. it was. But a lot of people play this. I mean, you want to talk about, let's see. Uh, in 2010, a year after their launch, Farmville boasted nearly 83 million active users per month. 83 million people a month playing a, a click and wait game. I don't know. <laughs> Not a game for me. It's the same reason I don't play Animal Crossing. I'm instant gratification. Pull the trigger. That guy's dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to wait a day for shit. Um, don't till the soil. Yeah, that that one's crazy. But yeah it's there (laughs) i will say what's cool to know is like when they talk about video games their uh requirements are very wide because like you know yes by definition farmville is a video game but in my mind it would have never even crossed it as like something to vote in you know like mobile games and stuff like that as much as they are video games they don't like i can't stuff that i can't hold physically especially as a collector just doesn't feel real to me you know, but mm. it is what it is. Um, moving along, the next one, real quick FIFA International Soccer. I mean, FIFA, as Americans, we're dumb. We don't realize how awesome soccer is, football. I personally love FIFA. And during like the FIFA 07 to 2010 days for Xbox 360, I was the first time I played like online competitive FIFA, like joined a forum, <laughs> joined a wow. league. 
and had scheduled games oh, against other people in that league uh, for so a year. Wild. So, yeah, FIFA, totally understandable as a sports game. I would, as a straight sports simulation game, FIFA is the best sports sim- simulation game out there. Most fun to play, best best gameplay, everything. Deserves to be in a Hall of Fame. 100%. I love it. I I, have, I absolutely love the flop button so that we could just be like, ooh, injury. Yeah, dolphin dive. <laughs> oh. uh, next up on the list, and I almost guarantee is going to be a, a oh, shoe win. Um, 2005, Guitar Hero. Harmonics, oh. uh, uh, rest in peace. Whoa. But Guitar Hero just changed the fucking game. They're like, hey, by the way, here's a guitar with five buttons and a little tick 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 and we're going to give you real songs and it's it's so good it's so good it is so good dude that game we Drew and I had so much fun with this game it would be yeah it you'd come home and you'd be like oh you're playing okay i got next i got next song okay i want to play bass guitar here uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, when Guitar Hero Two comes out, they're like they expanded even more. Oh my gosh, what a fantastic franchise! Yeah, and I imagine like, for example, on this one, I'm curious if something like Rock Band is going to get played in with Guitar Hero, made by mm. the same people. It's just a uh, evolved version of the original Guitar Hero game, you know. So. But I like I played a bunch of Guitar Hero, but when Rock Band came out, that was the game that I actively searched for. Like, found somebody selling a used set of stuff. I have a Rock Band one and two full set in my closet right now. Drums, microphone, the original drumsticks, everything. It gets broken out like once a year, so I can play Weezer's "Say It Ain't So" on the drums, <laughs> and then it gets thrown back in the closet for a year. Every time I think about getting rid of it. I just can't. I can't bring myself to it because then I can't play the drums. You, you can't. Mm. Guitar Hero, awesome. Oh, the next one again. We talk about me. video games and stuff, and and you forget about some of this stuff. Uh, released in 1977 <laughs> right? by Mattel Electronics, Mattel's football. I mean, handheld. I I remember this game. Yeah. I remember it being at my grandparents' house and playing this game yeah. and being like, well, there's not much else to do. I guess I'll play this thing. What am I doing? <sighs> yeah. Um, crazy. In 77, <laughs> handheld game. This is before Game Boy. This is before Nintendo. This is before everything. Uh, yeah. Just a quick thing on it. In 2010, Time Magazine named it one of its all-time 100 gadgets. The fuck? <laughs> it makes me wonder if things like That's... dildos were on that list because if a dildo isn't right? one of the all-time 100 gadgets mattel's football probably should be on there yeah, yeah. i'm just saying <laughs> Those <laughs> you're like 199 like. yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah handheld mattel football awesome uh next up something i didn't play I've played it a couple times, um, not any of the new stuff, but Microsoft Flight Simulator, epic-ass game, especially as far as the sim game goes. There's a lot of add-ons you can do. You can get your own yokes and shit. That game's as close to flying a fucking plane as you can get without actually flying a plane. Um, (laughs) Next up, Pole Position. Great racing game, uh, originally in the arcade. Uh, We ended up getting this game on like Mega Drive and stuff. 
there for a bit too. Uh, probably deserves to be in there. Personally, not a fan. Um, a game that I do believe should be in this this list. Uh, Valve's very own 2007 classic Portal. Um, Portal's got to make it right. Surprised it's not in there already. Like I, uh, that's one of those games that was so like what for video games it's like how is that not already in it there is a couple on this list that i was very surprised just aren't shoo-in first ballot yeah go-tos um because a game like portal up against a game like farmville come on, come on. <laughs> i mean for real um oh i got this today not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so portals up for a hall of fame um next up another game that i imagine i'll get in but i as good of a game as it is and as much as a story i'm not i didn't play the game very often um but i do not believe it is a first ballot hall of famer especially when it comes to rts's uh starcraft as much as i'm a blizzard fan you know starcraft was one of those things that Coming from a household that played a lot of Civilization and Age of Empires and Age of Mythology, uh, I I realize more and more, especially as I get older, I have no fascination in space. Like mm. aliens are cool, you know. You know, people have the conversation Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. I'm I'm Lord of the Rings all day. Like I enjoy high fantasy, elves, spells, wizards, warlocks. Um, and as much as I love Star Wars, the whole space thing, it just doesn't do anything for me. It it really doesn't. And StarCraft was a, a prime example, another one of those examples. That like it's it's sucks to say, but all I can be like, eh, it's fine. You know. Isn't it just kind of a glorified clone of Warcraft? I know some folks would be like, oh, I guess. I mean it but is like it just yeah. seemed like StarCraft was okay, we got the high fantasy taken care of. Let's see what we could do with space. Yeah, and they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. StarCraft was one of the biggest esports ever made, you know, and it's a great mm-hmm. game. I just am not a fan, personally. Um, a lot of stuff came from StarCraft. I mean, you, a lot of stuff came from Warcraft. I don't know if Warcraft's already in the Hall of Fame, but it should 100% get in the Hall of Fame <laughs> before StarCraft. Um Especially because Warcraft is the reason that we have like a lot of the major esports games nowadays. Dota, made in yeah. Warcraft, not made because of Warcraft, made in Warcraft. Like inside That's the wild. game of Warcraft, they built another game called Dota, which turned into one of the biggest games of all time. Um, but Starcraft on the list. <laughs> uh, next up on the list, a game that. Like, I didn't play very much growing up. I've messed around with it in the arcade a couple times. Uh, but Tron, random game that I just assumed would already be in the Hall of Fame. You know, seems like a fucking game that should be in the Hall of Fame of video games. I'm no expert. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I the don't last know. game on this know. list in the game that is going to get my <laughs> vote before any other game on this list. Okay, a game that I played growing up, that I learned with growing up, that came with an atlas and an encyclopedia when we were growing up. 
And that is where in the world is Carmen San Diego? God, it's damn amazing that like stuff like this isn't already in there. Like you're right, this list has a few that step out. Like, wait, this isn't already in there? Like, yeah, a game that's not just like click and point and find the thing and where is she? Oh, she's in Paris. What's in Paris? Oh, the Eiffel, whatever. But like, gave you like stuff to go with it. So it's more yeah. like you feel like you really are hunting her out like it's a I'm fun educational game like yeah there were times where i got to places and i was just like this bitch isn't here again like she is so fucking fast you know like all yeah. right where do i gotta go and now i'm flying to egypt you know oh. because that's where common san diego is supposed to be that she wasn't there of course you know so i flew somewhere else rome fucking Holy. canada i don't know i did common san diego ever go to canada I don't know. I don't even know she if they was, thought Canada was a place in 85. Everywhere. She's gone everywhere. Yeah. Like She's highlighted every small little place you could go to, because that's what's so great about Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. What Even better, okay, did you play the sequel to this one? I feel like probably. Where in I know... time was Carmen Sandiego? Oh, maybe I haven't. Where in time was Carmen oh. Sandiego was... It, it's not as good as where in the world. First of all, I'm a geography fan. I, like I have that thing in my head where I just remember stupid shit and where places are. Uh, but where in time was cool too, because like, again, you talk about a, an educational game. They made it so intriguing, especially to like a young mind growing. We've talked about the generation. We grew up with technology. You know, I'm playing this game on a fucking DOS computer or windows 95 where like the fucking bottom of the screen said produced by bill gates you know, like, <laughs> that, was, that was how early it was is they had to tell you like this is the dude that designed this shit um <laughs> but again like everything that had to do with carmen san diego especially because like and kids today won't know because they've got chromebooks and bullshit but when we were growing up and they added computer classes you didn't get games on those computers, but we had two, two games. So including this one, what was the other game that we always got on computers when we were growing up in school? Well, there's two that there's two more besides this one that come to mind. Uh, Oregon Trail, yes, and then number number munchers, but that ah uh, number munchers, yeah. <laughs> we had we had Sim City on one of our computers when I was in middle school. Um, yeah, which. I'm good with computers. I'm good with computers still. So when I was even growing up, like by seven, I had taken away to, or taken apart my first computer. It was a gateway. It had windows 95 on it. And I remember when we got our HP and it had windows M E edition. Can you tell me what that was? The millennial millennial. Sorry. <laughs> the oh, millennial. How dare you? <laughs> Windows. I mean, it's what it was. Windows Millennium Edition. Um, this came Millennium. right as Windows 2000 was like the professional version of Windows. Windows Millennium Edition is what you got on a pre-built computer. Um, yeah. So we had an HP different with with Windows Millennium Edition. This is pre-Windows XP for anyone that's uh, dated. But yeah, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I, I really do believe that this game should make it. It should be in the, the video game hall of fame, especially for, you know, when we grew up playing this and where we grew up playing this, because it wasn't at home. I wasn't playing this game at home. I was playing this oh. in Oregon trail at school. 
School at school. You're Trying like, to make it past oh, the computer Kansas time? River, Let me check out Oregon Trail. I'm not dying of dysentery again. It's not going to happen. I swear. Damn it, Timmy died of dysentery. Oh, the wagon wheel fell off. You're all going to die in the cold. Are you going <laughs> to? Do you want a fjord across this river? Fuck like, no. What I is know. the? What is that? We'll risk it. It's like, look, bitch. I got one ox, six pounds of food, and five children. Like, we're not going to make it. <laughs> it's just it's not gonna happen oh my gosh so but yeah so anyways the 2021 oh my god uh the 2021 world video game hall of fame finalist so uh if i can remember i will check back into this uh probably the second week of may and tell you guys who won and maybe go through some of the hall of fame inductees that i refuse to believe should be in the hall of fame <laughs> You're like, how'd they get in and not Carmen San Diego? Yeah, for exactly. Exactly. I'm just gonna be upset. I'm upset if it's little anybody boomer. but Carmen San Diego. <laughs> so we like to talk about D D because you know we like D D. Well, there's this really cool event that's happening. Um basically D D in a castle. That's what it's called. And basically it's this package where you physically go you like live in a castle and all weekend long you play D with like professional dms what the fuck it's so cool it costs a lot but it's very cool <laughs> like what's a lot like i don't know when i was pricing it out just for myself i think i was sitting at two grand oh bro we could make this happen <laughs> we could ride it off as a work expense a gofundme <laughs> Ooh, what kind of retro nomicon content do you want? Retro content. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is getting out of hand. Oh, it's so These good. I gotta write that one down. <laughs> but yeah, basically there's like what you do is you go online to this website, the D D in a castle. Uh you choose which lot you want to stay in. And then you basically choose which DM, depending if it's a celebrity or, I don't know, whatever they call it, like a YouTube star or whatever, uh, a celebrity. And they'll DM for you. And you get to choose who you want. And they provide you meals that are like high-quality meals. and But you're staying in a castle in northern England, like almost Scotland, not quite there. But basically, you're in a castle. Oh, gosh. Yeah, this is this is epic as fuck what's kind of crazy too is like they and i can understand why they do it but they're even like new players is all good and it's just like if you if you're a new player to D D and this is your introduction to dungeons and dragons if you're not a player for life go fuck yourself because like, you learned how to play D D in a fucking castle i just how do you come back from like your first experience being so professional My, and then you come back and, and you've got like your friend Roger trying to help you out, you know, <laughs> try to DM you a game. And it's like, this isn't D&D. What is this bullshit? <laughs> that was the second thought I had. I was just like, first of all, you're playing DNA in Castle. But if your first experience is by a Matt Mercer style DM, you're never going to come back to Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Like, it's not. So, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Yeah, no. But who am I to say? 
Do I want to play D&D in a castle? Yes. Do I want to fly to yes. England and do it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> this this is epic. Yeah. I'm I'm Yeah, hmm. there's I've been to start, BlizzCon already. Yeah. Next up, D&D in a castle in England. Let's go. In a goddamn castle. We're putting that into the Yeah, we're putting that one into the Come world. on. Putting it into the universe. <laughs> Retro Nama Squad, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um to kind yeah, of bring oh go ahead. One of like one event happens around my birthday, September. There's uh, round three, September 13th through the 17th. My birthday is the 15th. So if you guys want to get me anything, buy me a plane ticket and, and a room to uh DD and a castle. <laughs> uh round five and six both happen the day before and after my birthday. Either slot, just get us there. We'll be so cool. Let's September, celebrate a I'm birthday November. in England. Oh, they have yeah. nothing in October. It doesn't matter. Just, yeah, what's wh- I think September is the play because what the fuck is Northern England like in November? Just chilly. I imagine just it's chilly and rainy. I and, love that kind of weather though. So stick me in the fucking clouds. Let's yeah, go. me too. We're like, do it. We'll put on. Yeah, me and you we'll would thrive a in a, at a place like <laughs> Scotland or Northern <laughs> England. Oh, <laughs> I'll do enough drinking for the both of us. Uh, no doubt, dude. Woo, legit. But anyway, that's something to check out. D and D in a castle. Go check it out. If you got extra cash to burn, if you go, you have to let us know. Document the whole thing. Look, we'll have you on the podcast and we'll chat about it like crazy because we'll be jealous as hell. I'll make a podcast promise right now. If Uncle Joe comes through with another stimmy, we're going to <laughs> fucking England, bro. <laughs> oh, super tempting. Super. Tempting. Um. Well, in other more depressing news, uh, especially for me, not so much you. I've talked about it in the past. I'm a big, big Blizzard fan. I like pretty much everything that they do. Um, With that being said, Blizzard is dying. Uh, And that's a weird thing to say, considering like monetarily, they are thriving. Uh, but OG True. Blizzard is is dying. The reason that a lot of people, um, especially around my age, even a little older, um, pretty much between you and I, they're they're losing a lot of faith in Blizzard. And this past week, 19-year veteran Jeff Kaplan is leaving Blizzard. Um, for anyone that's a, a Blizzard anything... Uh, Jeff Kaplan was the lead on Overwatch. Uh, he's been with the company 19 years, worked in a lot of stuff. Um, and little is kind of known about his departure. He left on good terms. Um, it's really weird because Activision, you know, they merged with Activision a few years ago. And all of this year, we've been getting tease stuff for Overwatch 2. And we thought we'd get a release date for it this year at the little BlizzCon thing. Uh, but we didn't. And Overwatch 2 is not going to come out in 2021, even though it was teased in 2019. Uh, so mm. it's even longer. Now, that being said, Jeff Kaplan was the head of that team. And it came in a surprise that he was retiring from Blizzard. Um, 
And I just want to read like one of the last, one of the things that's in his statement that kind of hit me hard, especially in the sense that like how we feel about what Blizzard's becoming. And I say that because we talked about Ouroboros a couple weeks ago, Chris Metzen left Blizzard. He was kind of the start. Um, you had right after that, you had a bunch of people from the Hearthstone team leave. Uh, you had a bunch of people from the Heroes of the Storm team leave. And then you had Mike Morheim leave. Mike Morheim being one of the original founders of Blizzard Entertainment. Gone. Chris Metzen, gone. The leader for the World of Warcraft team, gone. Now the 19-year veteran Jeff Kaplan, gone. Um, as an Overwatch mm. fan and as a Blizzard fan, one of the reasons that this really hits home is Jeff Kaplan, um, among a lot of other things, was the best with community. This yeah. man was upfront with the community. He did his PS PSAs. You know, he was the epitome of somebody you wanted to to shine on your company. You know, when you saw mm -hmm. Jeff, it was good. It was a good thing. Even if he was telling you bad news, Jeff was good at giving bad news. He made <laughs> you feel good about the bad news. Um, and for this to be kind of random, it really kind of like cements the fact that like the blizzard that we grew up knowing and loving is, I mean, no more. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like anyone did it by choice, you know, like they all had the choice to leave, but it sounds like something where like everything that they built and loved and, and enjoyed about working and, and creating things for blizzard. Once the Activision buyout went through, everyone just started punching their, their tickets. Like, Nope, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You know, Metzen with Morheim. Morheim's now created a new gaming studio. So it's not that he wanted to get out of games. He wanted to get out of Blizzard, uh, which is sucky. Mm. So yeah. for me, I'm a I'm a I'm a big Overwatch fan. You know, I'm five or six hundred hours in Overwatch, as is I've played it since the beta. Um it doesn't give me a lot of hope for the future of not only Overwatch, uh, but for the future of Blizzard. You know, it's it's really hopefully it's a good thing. And they're doing a changing of the old guard and getting some new blood in here that wants to do some new stuff or know some technology that these old guys don't. I don't know. You know, I can only hope for the best. Um, and, you know, it sucks. Um, I do want to say it looks like Tyler in chat says that he's going to a studio that all the former Blizz people are at. Good for him. Good hey. for him. I mean, I want him to be happy because I like Jeff as a person. Um, I got to say hi to that guy at BlizzCon 2017, which was kind of cool. Um, seems like a super nice dude. Seems like a super great dude. And for him to abruptly leave Blizzard, which I'm sure he didn't abruptly leave him. But as a, as a fan, he abruptly left. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of a bummer. Um, so we'll see what happens with Blizzard. I mean, like I said before on the podcast, I'm a big fan. So if something crazy happens, you guys will hear it from me. Uh, but it was a real bummer. Like I said, it doesn't give me a lot of hope for what Overwatch and Overwatch 2 is going to be. So we'll see. Yeah, man, it's pretty wild. Like, be losing somebody who's kind of your, 
figurehead and particularly of a game who's kind of your your showrunner of it for lack of a better you know word it's wild it really makes you wonder like what's the behind the scenes kind of thing that's going on and what that means for the fate of like overwatch let alone the company at large you know yeah but you know they've still got some old timers there um world of warcraft is still making buku bucks overwatch is still super popular uh hearthstone uh, super popular but you know it is definitely a weird thing and hopefully it's not them getting pushed out hopefully it's them leaving on their own and not on bad terms and that they've just outgrown the company as it changes we can only hope for the best i wish jeff kaplan the best i you know any experience that I've had with that man, whether it be in person, which is only one time, and he was great, or <laughs> in the online community, uh, also great. Um, and what we ended is on a good note for Jeff Kaplan. And for, I don't think he did it last year, but the year before, uh, <laughs> at Christmas time, he did a stream through the Overwatch channel where he sat in front of a fire silently for six hours and all he did was drink cocoa and eat cookies and say no words he just sat there stared at the camera just uh one of the most epic and everyone waited we waited along i watched two hours of this man sit beside a camera knowing that at some point he was going to be like and releasing today (laughs) you know never did he just sat in front of a fire and then was like merry christmas and then he was he was gone That's awesome. Uh, just mess with the yeah, with the yeah. He just did the damn thing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that leads us to the last bit of um, news. I actually got to contribute a lot to the news this week, uh, which is a breath of fresh air from what you are normally used to dealing with. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and the one thing that. <laughs> Doesn't fit nostalgia. I it could be pop culture. I don't know. Um, but if there was ever a place to talk about this, our podcast is that fucking place. <laughs> so good. This and is uh, such a lead modern in, like. Yeah, it's going to lead a little bit into uh, what we're going to talk about er- later, and this is what I imagine plays before the start of what we're about to talk about. And that is the Josh fight. Uh, The Josh fight. (laughs) The Josh fight. Um, For those of you guys aren't in a loop, you need to just Google Josh fight. Uh, Because at a time in 2020, a year ago, a man named Josh sent a random Facebook group message to a bunch of other Joshes. Uh, He asked why they were all gathered. One of them answered. (laughs) I believe it's because we all have the same name. And he's like, precisely. And he's like... (laughs) He drops coordinates and he says, on this date, we're going to meet at these coordinates and we're going to fight to see who gets to keep the Josh name. The winner is the only Josh that gets to leave. Everyone else has to change. Says you have a year to prepare. Uh, Well, that year just came up (laughs) and the Josh is fought. Yeah, it did. So, yeah. So they ended up meeting in this spot in Nebraska, uh, which is pretty centralized just right outside of lincoln um and i tell you what i figured people would show up but goddamn, they had some people show up 
There's a yeah. lot of Joshes. <laughs> um, I saw a lot of cool things. You know, what it looked like is a bunch of people showed up with uh, pole noodles. Um, and to your expertise, they LARPed for the lack of better word. Basically, that's like I've been to a few LARPs where their their swords or staffs or whatever their weaponry mounts to basically a pool noodle on top of a golf club taped together and like, let's go. And this is exactly what it looked like. I have no idea what the rules were for the fight. If it's you get hit twice, you're done or what it was. But it looked like a lot of fun. I wish my name was Josh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had hundreds of people show up to this battle. Um the coolest thing that I saw that came out of this, other than the fact that, like, if you did it, like, for you, it, it could work. For me, it doesn't work. Because, like, if you go by Toby's, there's going to be, like, 12 fucking dudes show up. <laughs> it'll be it'll be you and the, uh, the Pleasantville guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just going to be like, look, bro, you can have it. I'll go by Tobias. Like, I'm good with that. You know? I'm good. <laughs> um, one of the cool things that I saw that came out of this is... There was like a four or five year old little boy there um, that they ended up like hold everyone held up because he was the Josh that won. They gave him a belt, you know, like it, it was just a cool thing, like especially in a time of COVID where everyone's itching to get out. The fact that all these people met up and did a battle without there being issues, without there being fights and this and that, um, it just kind of came together as a josh community it, it was really cool to see it it's i'm i'm really ready to get back to normal where as odd as it sounds things like this are normalized again and it doesn't seem against the law yeah. for us to gather in groups that size um <laughs> but it went through it went through they had a josh fight and, and i i honestly think it was one of the coolest things to happen in the last 12 months the josh fight happened. so spectacular the fact that there was like people dressed up as Spider-Man or guy from the Trojan war and like the costuming in there was legit. Like some people totally went all in and some folks were just sneakers and a t-shirt, you know, let's call it a day. Like it's yeah. And the fact that a kid got to win the whole thing was definitely the way it should go down. And yeah. you know, the fact this wasn't tied to some publicity stunt for, no. you know, Josh's cosmetics or something silly, you know, like it was just legit just to be dumb, just to have fun, just fun and build a community around the fact that, Oh, we're all Josh. What a fun fact. <laughs> it, it's epic. I, I'm glad that it happened and you know, it'll happen again with some other bullshit name, but it'll never go down in the record books and the history books as the yeah. Josh fight did josh fight and we kind of led into it with the uh the start but we're gonna get into our nostalgia this week and i'm gonna play it one more time just for good measure because if it isn't the best beat line of any song but this week we're gonna talk about mortal kombat test finish him so, this past week, uh, the new Mortal Kombat came out. Uh, and I let it in the beginning of the show. I'm going to say it again now. We're about to spoil the shit out of this movie. Uh, I do want to talk yeah. about just Mortal Kombat in general for a couple minutes before we go straight into uh, what this movie was. Um, there's one big thing that we have to talk about with Mortal Kombat. 
Otherwise, everything else is kind of nonsense. Um, but for mm. something so crazy, it gave us something that changed the way we view video games. Uh, Mortal Kombat originally mm. released in 92 by Ed Boon, who is uh, Get over here! that voice right there. Uh, <laughs> that is one of the creators of Mortal Kombat. Uh, also, John Tobias. I know his last name's Tobias. Yeah, John Tobias. Um, also one of the creators, again, came out in 92, 2D side-by-side fighter. Uh, one of the most iconic games of all time. I, if it's not in a fucking Hall of Fame, you can go suck a big fat dick. Uh, yeah. But the crazy thing and why the movie was so on point for what we needed out of a Mortal Kombat movie is Mortal Kombat was so violent when it came out that there was an uproar that the game needed to be banned. Uh, instead of banning it, what Mortal Kombat gave us is what we call the ESRB, which is the Electronic yep. Something Ratings Board. Mortal Kombat Electronic Software Ratings Board. Software sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat is the reason that we have ratings on video games. Uh, people argue stuff like Night Trap. You know, there's games out there that could have used ratings before Mortal Kombat. But the uproar that Mortal Kombat caused, especially when we were kids, is the reason that we have E is for everyone, M is for mature, you know, AO, adult only. I don't know how many of those games you've ever seen, but they are out there. Um, They are out there. (laughs) But. Started in 1992, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 released in 2019. So it's what, 27 years that they've been going on? But gravy. I own any retro Mortal Kombat on multiple systems, Sega and Super Nintendo. Uh, I don't play any of the new ones. They got a little crazy. I still fuck with the old ones, though. Like If I have friends over, one of the first games that gets thrown in, I was never a Street Fighter kid. Mortal Kombat was the game that was in our house, not Street Fighter. It always was, and it always will be. That'll be the game that's in there. Yeah. Um, as far as fighting games go, there's not a game that I could picture me playing as far as fighting games go before Mortal Kombat. That was the first like one of, one-on-one PvP best fighter wins game. I mean, it also introduced the the you know the fact that once you've defeated your opponent, it's not just like oh you won the match. No, now you can inflict just one more thing to finish him off. You know the fatalities. Like it doesn't it doesn't get better than that. Like to go from like playing Street Fighter, which is great in its own right, let's beat to, up a car to Mortal Kombat, where you're literally like just smashing people's faces in punching them up making them land on spikes or you know throwing spears at the other guy or ice balls or fire like legit it it really was i mean the game was you know especially the fighting game standpoint it was it was groundbreaking i mean you look the game's been around for 27 years the stories went and god knows which way yeah. oh my god um, <laughs> i think they time travel and shit now uh, the Terminator is in Mortal Kombat now. Rambo is in Mortal <laughs> Kombat now. Because um, why not? You the know, Joker, like they've Harley had Quinn. But that might be it. 
they're known for like adding characters to the whole thing, you know, like they've done spawn. They've done Darth Vader. They've had Yoda at one point. Like they, I think they have Lincoln one. Yeah. For, for, um, uh, during that, uh, GameCube. Do you, do you want me to shit all over this? Go, go ahead. Uh, you're thinking of so caliber. I am thinking of soul caliber. Yeah. Link, Son Vader and Yoda. Also caliber. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I'm so used to have all these crossovers that I completely cross over to the point yeah. to another game. That's that's how like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh Anyways, gosh, um, <laughs> they do do a lot of crazy stuff. And, and you're not wrong because some of the Mortal Kombat characters that have been added in are so far out of left field. Here's like, what the fuck? Like Rambo. Yeah. Rambo alone, you know, you would never think is like, oh, this guy's a fighting game character. No, it's fucking Rambo. He's got a goddamn machine gun in his yep. hand mowing down the Vietnamese because that's what Rambo does, <laughs> you know? But it, it, the way that they like, for fans of it and given, I'm just not good at fighting games. I know this. I learned this when I was young. I continue to nail this in when I'm an adult. I am not good at fighting games. My reaction times, trash. My knowledge of the games, trash. It's just not good. Um, but for fans of the game, apparently the story is actually really good. Like, it's it's kind of epic in the way that they tell it with some of the, like, time travel and the back and forth and how certain characters are still in the game and not dead, even though they died in this game and... You know, there was a time yeah. in like the PlayStation 2 era where the Mortal Kombat's just went fucking wild. Um, Deadly Alliance, Armageddon, Shaolin, Shaolin Monks, Shaolin something. Um, all those games were yeah. completely away from what Mortal Kombat was built around, which was like the fighting. And they tried to do like crazy stuff like 3D fighting arenas, like, you know, house. So caliber is where you can like walk around their arenas and eventually they were just like, fuck that. Let's just go back to people just bang, bang, bang in the drum. Um, but yeah, apparently the story is, is wild. Like it's wild. Uh, it goes from being pretty straightforward. Like, Oh, let's, let's fight for the, for the earth realm to make sure outworld can't invade. That's the basic premise of it. And so let's have this tournament winner gets, you know, if they win 10 tournaments in a row, they get to take over the world or we've defended the world, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's basic, but now it's like, oh, well, there's the, this plane and then they've added other realms and other realms and earth realms. And like, it's wild. Yeah. So with all that being said, we're going to lead into what brought us here today. And you and I both, I believe have watched the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, yeah. And you want to talk about a story that gets crazy. Uh, initial thoughts. Let, let's just run this down real quick before I, I go wild. I, I, I'm I still all in and I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. Like over the top fight scenes and, and doing things with Sub-Zero. Like that dude has been my guy since the OG let's play it in the arcade. I get the blue one, you know, like that's my dude hardcore. And Chris is his scorpion. So we'd constantly to the point where after the movie came out, we asked mom, Hey, what do you want to go as for Halloween? 
I want to be Sub-Zero. Chris wants to be Scorpion. So my mom actually made us Halloween costumes. That's how deep this this franchise runs. 1995, by the way, Boys and Girls is when the first Mortal Kombat movie came out. And there was two. Jesus, I was. There was Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I w- you don't even want to know how old I was. I wasn't allowed to play fucking Mortal Kombat. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, there was Mortal Kombat yeah. and there was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, both came out in the 90s. And we haven't really seen much from the Mortal Kombat as far as the big screen goes until this. Uh, oh. You and I kind of talked it's about it, like- but talking to Daisy about it, Again, guys, I'm going to leave this with this again. Spoiler alert. So don't DM me fucking bitch about me spoiling. I told you. I'm going to spoil it. You can skip from now until whenever the end is. Um, <laughs> I give the story like a four. Okay? And I'll go into a little bit more of that here in a second. The fight scenes are like a nine. Nine point five. Everything about the fighting was exactly what I wanted out of a Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I was a fan of Kano. I played with Kano as soon as he came out on the consoles. You know, he threw a fucking Velociraptor thing and got a laser eye and shit. Like he was dope. Kano was Kano was my man. Kano was the best part of this movie. Okay, absolutely, Just, hands absolutely. down. He was the best part of this movie. He was funny. The character was great. Um, and that was it. That, like, everything else started to piss me off. I was real interested in what they were going to do with Cole. Cole being the main character of this movie. Yeah. Um, and personally, I think they fucked it up. Uh, they had yeah. a real good chance to make it real badass with him. Uh, yeah. You're the descendant of the original Scorpion of Scorpion. I guess. Yeah. 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 You're the descendant of his bloodline. Thus, the reason that you get to go to this tournament. Um, the markings are invitation, which I think is fucking cool. How they did that. That's kind of a cool fucking rule. Uh, The other cool thing about the markings is that if you beat someone with the marking, you got the marking. So it was just like, even outside of the tournament realm, if you just whip the shit out of what was supposed to be an Earth Realm champion, you are now the Earth Realm champion. Like, that's cool (laughs) as fuck. They're just like, you know what? That dude sucked. You're right. You can have this. Like, that was perfect. I thought that was cool. Um, when you first meet Sonya, she doesn't have a marking, uh, but Jax yeah. does, which is cool. And you, you learn later yeah. how Jax get his, gets his marking. Um, but Cole, the main guy, MMA, MMA fighter, he gets his ass kicked. Apparently he was really good at MMA at one time. Not so much anymore. Taking MMA fights for 200 bucks. Come on, bro. Um, my problem, we're, we're just going to go on this in chronological order. All right. Jax finds Cole. Yo, dude, you're about to die. Sub-Zero is on a hunt to kill all the Earth Mm. Realm champions because the other realm does not even want the tournament to happen. If there's no people for their realm to fight, they automatically win. They've won nine. We're heading to the 10th. They're trying to invade Earth and take over. Okay. 
Sub-Zero apparently has transcended time itself because he killed Scorpion in the 1600s. It's now current time. And this motherfucker's still murdering people. But now he's not. Like, now he's on his mask and his get-up. I mean, the whole thing is like he joins up with Shang Tsung and the reason why he basically teaches him the longevity, how to live forever. And that's why he kind of is his henchman, for lack of a better which whatever. is funny, because if you're not a Mortal Kombat fan, you wouldn't know any of that. They don't explain any of that. They don't even explain well, who even, Shang Tsung is. Goddamn. They don't even explain who he is um, or what he can do. You don't no. realize what he can do until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Where he sucks brother's soul. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, oh shit. Um, Kung Lao. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Spoiler <Yeah>. alert. <laughs> Kung Lao dies. <laughs> Kung Lao. Something happens to him. <laughs> we just have to say real quick. First 10 minutes of this film is by far the best, like, old school. Just so Kung Fu, like, fucking dope. The way it does just seems like classic uh, uh, Chinese Japanese cinema where you know you've got these two rival um, clans clans for and here comes this dude by Han and he's getting revenge onto Hanzo Hashashi for what he's done essentially and that dude is vicious and somehow he's learned how to control cold and makes oh the ice spike kills the dude's wife and child bro like and then you piss that dude off and he's like oh you're gonna send some people to me guess what i'm gonna do to them flip flip i'm gonna throw a sword at you motherfucker dude (laughs) the murdering of like the first 19 people in that movie not including the wife and child was one of the most epic like that was a scene that like you know it man or old boy could take notes from because that shit was fucking dope um, what makes it even better is they, unlike the first two Mortal Kombat's, I know that was a good pull. You like that? Uh, unlike the first yeah. two Mortal Kombat's, this one was rated R. Mortal Kombat should be rated R. You, you fucking made the ESCRB give you ratings, motherfucker. You're a rated yeah. R video game. Um, it's not for everybody. That first 10 minutes, even if you don't watch the rest of the movie, it's like, it's on level of like Ninja Assassin and like I said, old boy, when it comes to just epic, violent, fucking dope ass samurai killing motherfuckers. Perfect. So, so goddamn good. We have here before the title pops up. Epic as fuck. So back to current, current time. (laughs) We're we're, going to start getting into my issues here very soon. Um, And I have a list. Again, I like the movie. I just want to, before we continue on, I like the movie. I do. Hated the story. Like the movie. You meet Jax. Jax looks exactly like you would expect Jax to look. <laughs> the fucking yeah. jacked ass black yeah. dude. Just the epitome of beautiful and everything that you want your body to be. If you're a man yeah. or a woman, I don't know. I don't know your type. I don't want to start that yeah. yet. Um, you meet Jax, 
Uh, Cole kind of doesn't know what the fuck's going on, but all of a sudden shit starts going down. Fucking Sub-Zero shows up. Shit starts going down. Jax pretty much sacrifices himself uh, to get to save Cole and Cole's family. Cole's got a wife and a daughter. Uh, Dope as fuck. Jax and Sub-Zero do their thing. Jax at this point has human arms. And for any of you guys that have played the video game or watched any of the movies, Jax don't have human arms. Well, guess what? We figure out how he gets his fucking robot arms because Sub-Zero freezes them and rips them the fuck off. (laughs) Just like, no. Which is weird, okay? It's like... Why didn't he kill him? Like, I understand. I think think he thought he did because you rip a dude's arm off and then kick him down you know two stories of a broken down abandoned warehouse you think all right that dude's dead yeah but he's a fucking earth realm champion like you ripped his arms off where like you can literally turn things cold enough to where it burns them well which they talk about him cauterizing the wounds later yeah but you kick him off again you're a fucking earth realm champion you're kind of superhuman already um but anyways okay <laughs> beyond that Jax tells cole to go find sonya blade and bumfuck gary indiana which is where you don't want to be as an indiana person okay gary not a great place so he drops his family off goes to meet sonya blade all right sonya looks like fucking sonya blade she hot as fuck and can fight Apparently, um, great, yeah, great. I cast. thought it was cool because Sonya does not have a marking. Like she is, she is not a champion. She knows of Jax's marking, uh, and she knows of the tournament and everything that goes along with that. But her herself is not part of any of this. It's a research project that she took on by herself. So, yeah. at this point, she's captured Kano. Kano is a mercenary pirate leader of this gang that just fucks shit up hires and kills for money um she has caught him well he knows where raiden's temple is at raiden come to find Mm -hmm. out is the protector of the earth realm he's who's supposed to train and get all these people together for mortal combat for this tournament uh so they release kano among some other things blah 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 they find Raiden's, Raiden's thing. This is where my problems start to come in. They immediately tell Sonya to go fuck herself. Like, she doesn't get to fight. Okay, first of all, you let the bitch yeah. in the temple. She's in the temple. Let her fight. If you kill her, you kill her. She She's did. just fucking mortal. All right? Otherwise, she'd probably whip your ass, you know? So, <laughs> this is where my first issue comes up, is in Raiden's temple. Jax's arms. All right. These oh, monks come yeah. over and without seemingly any technology whatsoever, have built him robotic arms. Not explained. Fine. That's fine. All of a sudden, this motherfucker wakes up and he's got two little robot hands and not not Jack's hands. He doesn't have not he Jack's doesn't hands. have Jack's arms, you know? He's got fucking two twig bullshit ass arms and he's trying to punch and he looks he's so sad and he can't do nothing 
And then eventually, he does like some dope shit. And then out of fucking nowhere, and with no explanation whatsoever, his fucking robot arms evolve. There, There is an explanation, right? The whole thing is that the reason why Liu Kang can throw fireballs, or the reason why Kung Lao can toss a razor hat so good, and the reason why Kano can shoot laser is because of Arcana, and that's okay. kind of a gift gift you get bestowed upon from a marking of uh, 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 of becoming an, uh, a champion, essentially. Okay. So for Jax, his Arcana is basically the strength, and that's personified by the fact that he gets the kick-ass cyborg punchy-punch-punch. Again, <laughs> he already had his Arcana because he was a fucking human punchy-punch. That punched harder than all other hu- fucking humans. And then they give him bullshit ass arms. Why can't his bullshit arms just punch the shit out of shit? How do all of a sudden he does cool stuff <laughs> and now his arms, which make look like they're made out of fucking pencils, are nice cybertronic fucking jacked ass Arnold Schwarzenegger arms. Explain this. Arcana or not, he just literally manifested muscle arms like off of him a champ out of fucking nowhere you know and not even because he was doing something like epic he was trying to lift a rock off a of sonya blade okay and he tries to lift this rock and he fucking lifts the rock and then all of a sudden he's got fucking muscle cyber arms okay yeah his yeah. arcana should have just allowed his little puny ass fucking arms to punch shit hard as fuck okay but you have to act, like the whole thing, like especially with Cole. Cole being the prime example, we're gonna he, get he to gets that. his ass beat by everybody, and it's like you need to tap into your arcana. You need it. This is how you will d- defend it. He had to go through something, push him to the point where the arcana unleashes inside of him, and his just happened to manifest in the fact that I need beefy guy arms. I can't do these thick things. <sighs> I don't like it. Okay. It just, it seemed random and they came out of nowhere. It's not like they could have hidden extra parts inside his, you know, I don't fucking know. I don't like it. I like the way he looked afterwards because he looked like fucking Jax. Okay. But he already punched hard as fuck. Like the dude tried to, he was fucking giving it to Sub-Zero before Sub-Zero, you know, froze his arms off, of course. But yeah. Anyways, that's my first problem. Okay, let me look at my list here. Let me just just double check. Uh, I like I like in the anything is possible in this world. They set you up with the fact that a lot of movies don't do this, where they're like, in this, there are people who have unbelievable powers. So we get to see that with Raiden essentially in the beginning when he rescues by Hans. Uh, Raiden's a god. So we're like, okay, we can. Yeah. They've established that so weird things can happen. So at least for the rest of the movie, when Sub-Zero does his thing, you're like, okay, you've established that. Now we can go on for your ride. You've set your world's rules. Let's go crazy. Anyway, back to your list. Um, Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I'm going to bitch about all these things or whatever, but it's a fucking movie based off of a video game. I'm, I'm still suggesting you watch the movie because it's fucking Absolute. great. These are my issues with the movie. And what would this podcast be if I didn't get to go on a fucking rant? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sonya's powers. Okay. Yeah. It's it's the explanation or 
it's the lack of explanation that pisses me off. Okay, we alluded to it a little earlier. If you kill a champion or be a champion, you gain the marking to become the champion. So Kano goes rogue, of course, because Kano's always been a bad guy. We were waiting for it. Kano yep. goes rogue. Fuck shit up. So now they have to split up to go fuck shit up together. All right. Somehow Cole gets Goro. Okay. And then I know like he has to fight Goro and then he fights Goro and Raiden's like, oh yeah, he's good. Bring him back. You know? So like he fights Goro, which first of all, we're going to get to that anyways. Okay. Sonya goes and has to beat the shit out of Kano. Kano at this time has figured out that he has a laser eye. Uh, He's kind of a badass still, but Sonya's like the badass, right? Mm-hmm. So Sonya goes, long story short, fucks Kano up. Boom, boom, bang. So now she is chosen. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. She beats Kano, and the next time you see her, she appears out of fucking nowhere with goddamn arm blasters and just pew, yeah. pew, pew. She just shoots some shit down. No one says a goddamn word. No one. It's not acknowledged. <laughs> she just shows up with fucking Wonder Woman armbands that shoot out fucking rings of power. And then it's all good. Like, oh, she did it. <laughs> She's the fucking she champion now. In her arcana, not under any stress, nothing. It just shows up to her. Like, she beats Kano, gets the marking Boom, she's got power. She knows how to use them. Just pew pew and shit, okay? Come on. Come on. I'm cool with Sonya having powers. The lead up to her getting her powers, dope as fuck. Let her go fuck up Kano because he's a fucking misogynist piece of shit, all right? But don't, the next time I see her, her just all of a sudden just be like, yeah, I'm a badass. I was this way before, but now I can pew pew pew, you know? (laughs) I didn't like that. Okay, that was next on my list. So, so far, I just, I'm going to read the list. The first two that I talked about on my list is how with Jax's arms, how with Sonya's power. This is what I've written down. Uh, The next one being Cole was dumb with his shirt of protection. This is my biggest pet peeve in the movie. Um, I I'm on for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve in the movie. Okay. We, we already told you Cole was a descendant of Scorpion. All right. When Raiden comes to find Scorpion dead, finds his only living child, which was hidden before this battle scene, removes Scorpion's dagger out of himself, rescues the child. Boom. He's gone. So we're seeing when Cole finally gets there and he's having these flashbacks of Hanzo and stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I know how Cole's going to get his power. Raiden's going to give him this fucking dagger. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker's going to turn into Scorpion because that's what's in his bloodline. That's what the story should have done. Absolutely. It it just that was what it was leading up to. I I knew that I had it figured out. Right. I was like, he's going to get the fucking dagger. And now all of a sudden he's going to be like, whip, whip. Or yeah. something. Like they they set it up through the whole the whole time. Oh, bloodline, bloodline, bloodline. Like they threw it so much in your face that you're like, this is gonna pay off huge, yeah. dude. This is gonna be 
This is going to be awesome. Yeah, so they they do all this. They show the the lead up. You're just like, it's going to be Scorpion, okay? Yeah. And they had multiple times where he's fighting that had stuff around that I thought he was going to pick up and, like, all of a sudden be good with, like, a rope or a chain and, you know. Yeah. Fucking, you know, you were going to hear. Get over here! And, it, like, shit was going to be on, you know? Like, shit was going to be on. Instead, this motherfucker gets the dagger, gets his ass kicked by Goro. Just fucking ass kicked. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Goro's like, nom, nom, nom. I'm about to eat this human bitch and her child. And he develops <laughs> this fucking shirt of protection. Oh. Like, he just, like, all of a sudden, it just comes out. And it's like he's wearing a long sleeve golden shirt. And Goro's... <laughs> Punching the shit out of him, you know, and you can see it lighting up like he's gaining power as he's getting fucked up. Like he can take this beating, which they kind of let into understand that part. Right. Well, then all of a sudden he gets super pissed off. And then what happens? They're going to give him his fucking chain. They're going to give him his chain with the dagger. No, they give him goddamn fucking police batons. And that's what he gets. Oh, yeah. yeah Come yeah, the, yeah, the fuck Tampas, on, yeah. dude. You had 30 chances where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, just like, come the fuck on. And they never did. They never did. They, They give him his little spot at the end when he's, again, another part of the story that just kind of sucked is instead of him being the descendant of Hanzo and doing all these dope ass scorpion things. They just bring Scorpion back to like they kill Sub Zero, you know, and it just it was cool. Which is which is it's fine that he comes back to kind of exact his revenge through his bloodline, all that. It had to take one of his bloodlines to help him find the strength to come back from the Netherworld. But it's like, okay, so we didn't need Cole, didn't need Cole at all because he didn't. All they had to do was like bring. A- Cut coal in his hand, pour blood on the dagger that had Hanzo's blood on it, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. Scorpion and Sub Zero could fight. Okay, so all that. All right. With all that being said, you got any? You got anything else before we wrap the end of this movie up? And I'm going to tell you the biggest disappointment of this movie. Um, the visual effects are fantastic. Amazing. All the special effects they did. Gore looks Amazing. great, uh, especially when you compare them to the '90s claymation version whatever you want to call ah, it the big goro puppet. back in the day looked pretty good too big puppet oh you know uh he does uh, not talk else? i i do like i do like um Raiden's fantastic the way they did him oh i really do like the guy who who, who was scorpion fantastic actor yeah. like he's been in a ton of stuff and he's great as this and i'm the glad one they thing brought they him did back but really good that they fucked up on in the originals in 95 is they used Asian actors for Asian roles. Yeah. <laughs> um, completely changed the way that you view the movie. And it was a perfect touch to what should have been done in 95. We're not here to fucking discuss them. Um, they uh, had Cabal was yeah, in there. Oh, yeah. um, N- Nataro. Nataro. Uh, which yeah. like, Oh, here's this really cool looking demon flying thing. Oh, she's dead now. Bye. Like yeah. it was such a weird like she 
she's like, Why stealth, bother stealth, bringing her stealth, in? stealth, stealth, and I stabbed you in the mouth. Like, okay. <laughs> but what did come out of that was the flawless victory thing, which I thought was sick. Yeah. Like, and, and that was that was one of the last things on my list. And I'll tell you what it says. It says fatalities were cool, even with the dumb jokes after them. Because uh, he like fucks her up without getting touched. Like he does it all without getting touched. And he's like flawless victory. Yeah. Okay, bro. <laughs> yeah. They they did a lot of like callbacks to the games or even the 90s movies. Like the leg sweep when Kung Lao's going against oh, uh, Kano. And Kano. He keeps and fucking leg sweeping him. It's like, okay, bro. Stop it! Again. <laughs> you think he's going to figure it out? Nope. Leg no. sweep. Which is and something he, like, you can do in the early game. He fakes the leg sweep and he jumps. And when he comes down, he leg sweeps him again. <laughs> Such a great, ah, oh, such a great callback. The, their callbacks were very good, even like as cheesy and punny as they were. Uh, they did a little everything. They did fatalities. They did uh, flawless victories. You know, they did a little bit of everything. And, and like, I really liked the fan service that they did with that stuff. A lot of the absolutely. fan service was very good. Hmm. Um, you know, and I, I have the same issue with the Warcraft movie. A lot of people hated the Warcraft movie. I love the World of Warcraft movie. I thought it was great. You know, I thought that they could have chosen a better story. Um, and I'll say the same about Mortal Kombat. Again, the everything but the story arc was a nine. The story arc yeah. was a four. Like, you guys fucked up all the chances you had to make what would have been a cool story. Uh, with all that being said, my biggest disappointment in the movie is there was no tournament. They never no got to the tournament. You know, I could have done all these fight scenes at the end after Cole figured out he was Scorpion and like all this dope ass shit. And you could have sent me to the tournament. But instead, we yeah. stooped to the level of the other realm and just killed all the people that we were going to fight. You know, yeah. come on. Like if you if you if you know you're gonna if you know that the Earthrealm champions aren't all that, why wouldn't you just be like, oh, we're gonna womp them on the tournament? Why like, wouldn't you just we're gonna win this, and then we'll be able to take over the realm. Instead, we mess up and like give them hope and the will to to do it, yeah. and they kill half of your guys instead. Well, like, because in reality, if you wouldn't have came to the Earthrealm with Sub Zero, you would have had like two people show up, and that was Liu Kang and Kung Lao. Like, those are the only two people that are showing up to the tournament. Yeah. And you've got fucking Goro and Cabal and fucking, <laughs> you know, everyone else. And it's just like, why haven't you just done it legitly? But, of course, bad guys don't fight fair. They come to Earth. Yeah. They want to kill everyone. Then you get fucked up and see what happens. Earth survives. Happens. You don't get to invade us. Um, But that could lead into the sequel if they, if they do do another one. Hopefully that's what they do because unfortunately what they did was they went the Mortal Kombat Annihilation route and had the bad guys break the rules and like we're just going to invade and take over instead of like doing the tournament like they did in the original Mortal the original. Kombat, which is what made it so great is you had all these cool it's little so fight sick. scenes one on one oh finish him he's gone oh boom man. gone like dead fight to the death end end all be all you know yeah. it, it it really was my biggest disappointment in the movie is like, yeah. again, the story was bad. It's just, it, the story's bad. You know, if you're watching it for the story, you're going to be disappointed. If you're watching to see a bunch of Mortal Kombat dope shit, it's going to be <laughs> one of the best movies you ever saw, you know? So again, without the tournament, 
as a retronomicon uh review i guess again my number is story four uh everything else nine i i suggest watching it if you have hbo it's on hbo for free i think until may 23rd uh so watch it while you can otherwise you're gonna have to pay to watch it uh if you're not an hbo subscriber and never have been download their seven day free trial you can watch that shit for free um yeah or just go to the theaters and watch it there because it's out in theaters as well now so but you can't do that as things start getting back to normal Oh, but I mean, if you like going to the theater, there's an option there. I don't know well. anybody who likes that. Oh, you son of a <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, One quick thing, Reptile, that, that whole scene with Reptile when they're in the thing going over the whole thing and Kano's spitting out silly stuff and the Reptile comes and attacks him. The acid is awesome. The yes. design of Reptile kind of being a Komodo dragon is like, that's super dope and badass. It took me and a the second fact to that Kano's out. fatality on it. Yes. Is just punches right through the thing, grabs his heart, and it says Kano win. I know it's corny, but it works so good. I know. <laughs> the the fan service to some of those things was was just too good. So good. Yeah, no. Again, Kano was the best part of the movie. It took like, me a second to figure out that it was reptile, though. Like until they actually and even when they show him as the Komodo dragon, you're just like is that what they're trying to do here? You know, and it takes a second to realize like a lot of the people like they, you know, they make reference to a couple people that aren't in the movie, but mm. like for the most part, everyone you see, you know exactly who it is, except for Cole. Yeah. Cole's a fucking made up character Ugh. that they fucked up. Oh, and the dude with dude with the hammer, he was, he, I think he's a new guy to this particular thing. He was the guy who was whomping up on. Oh, Jack, uh, or something. I, King something, general something. Remember who he is? I think he's a new character to it, but like I like the actor Nathan Jones who played that guy a lot. So it was really cool to see him, like especially being a badass with a hammer. His fight scenes were garbage, though. Yeah, like they really punked that dude. (laughs) Like considering his size and everything, they really and everybody gets thrown in this movie like crazy far. It's like you're not going to fly twenty feet. Yeah. I'm awesome. like you were immortal yesterday. Now I'm gonna punch you through three stone pillars, and you're gonna get up and fight me some more. Because yeah. Um. Yeah. So again, with all that being said, spoiler alerts. Go watch the movie. It's on HBO. It's in theaters. It's good. Um. If you don't like the movie, it's go fun. play some original Mortal Kombat. And realize it's good too, I guess. Um, it's fun. But with all that being said, as is my trademark phrase during this show, um, <laughs> we're running a bit long. You got anything else to share, brother? Uh, that's it for me, my friend. This, this is, I love Mortal Kombat so much. It's just, like you said, it's that fighting game that back in the day of Sega Genesis, like that was. I'm what glad helped you make Sega because that's how I played it. Because Nintendo was like, no, we're going to have them hit green blood. So, like, that's helped Sega become what it was. And for me, it was like, this is the greatest game ever. Yeah. So, Mortal Kombat, fantastic. That's that's all I got to say about that. Um. Yeah. Again, watch the movie. Watch the movie. Uh. Yeah. So. 
as we wrap this show up, I do, as always, want to tell you guys, go leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. It really does help us. We could use it. As always, you can find me at RetroNamapod across the board. That is Instagram, Twitch, Facebook. That's really all I use right now. I do want to say that in the future, that may change. Um, I know. I'm going to bring this up on you, too. When we started this podcast, the entirety of this podcast was built around the name of Retronomicon. Um, mm-hmm. That is the brand I'm trying to build. That is the brand we're trying to build is the Retronomicon brand. Um, as we gain names for everything else under that umbrella, Retronomnomnom. Retro Nama Squad, Retro Nama Content, you know, everything that comes along with that, uh, those usernames uh, on Instagram, on Twitch, on Facebook, they may change to match that. Uh, and then everything else that is under that umbrella will have its own name. The Retro Nama Pod, the Retro Nama Squad, the Retro Nom 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 Cook Show. You never know. Um, but as for right now, because that was super confusing, I am Retro Nama Pod. Across the board, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us. We really appreciate it. And we've got a lot of good content coming for you guys here very soon. The summertime is going to bring a lot of fun stuff. So, Yeah. Serial uh, Kilter on most of the socials there. Um, Facebook group, uh, fan page, and kind of the business page. Yes. Go check those out. Definitely. That's your one-stop shop for us right now currently. Um, Fan page is better than the business page. I only use the business page really to repost stuff and to stream this podcast. So if you're listening to this on audio form, we do the stream this live every Monday at seven um, on the Facebook and the Twitch channel. Uh, So you can check us out there. If you guys want to see more information or support in one way or another, we love the follows. We love the rates. Um, That's all for me, bro. If you ain't got anything else. Yeah. No, let's. We're gonna end it the way that we always do every week with the weird question of the week. If you could go back to medieval times, what food and beverage would you have them try? Ooh, this question's right up our alley. Nom nom nom. nom As nom, always, nom. we want to thank nom, you guys nom, for nom. joining into this week's episode of the Retro Pod. We love you all, and we will catch you next week. Night. <laughs> <laughs>